Today, you are listening to Think Again Christian, where pop culture and Christian traditions collide with biblical truth. Sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, pastor of Ravensdale Bible Church and superintendent of Rainier Christian Schools, Tony Jamie. Rethinking and re-examining concepts, ideas, traditions, and challenging your beliefs from American pop culture and your Christian denominational circles. How? By the renewing of your mind through God's Word and open radio conversation. Well, today I want to talk about um, a, a, a very, very personal, a very emotional topic that one way or another, it's, it, it, it hits all of us. And that is the, the destiny of, of unborn babies who die. And, and really, you can also attach babies or infants or, or even young children. It kind of all folds into that, 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 same, that, that, that same bag. And um, most definitely, it's, a, it's an issue that I've had to dealt with pastorally and personally. And I, I want to be clear that this, this isn't a, a theological argument, although we have to rely on our theology to understand it. And, and that may, um, may sound confusing, but God is a personal God. God is a personal God who has set standards, set rules, and, 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 he, and he keeps those rules. He, he keeps his commandments. He, he keeps his promises. God is a, is a God of order and structure. But God is a personal God, and God loves people. God loves his creation. God has gone above and beyond to care for and nurture and save his people. And, and you, you have to understand that every step of the way when, when we look at this conversation. Well, 20 years ago, I was offered to, to lead a new home Bible study for, for newly married couples. And not only were they newly married, but every couple was under 23 years old and, and married for under six months. And so this was the, the new of the new of the new. And my wife and I, well, we were the salty vets. We were two years into our marriage and, you know, and, and uh, I was 24, you know, so, you know, very, very wise no idea why they put me in charge of this. But anyway, God was good. And we started with six couples, but it uh, just very organically and quickly grew because we went to a very large church to, to a group that was about, you know, 12 plus. And then, you know, we kind of settled in and we we're about 20 couples strong most of the time in this uh, home Bible study. And it was just a, it was a magical time of really growing in the Lord together as we, we came together each week to, to study what God said about marriage. That was our, our goal. That was the purpose. That was the reason. And we, we looked at um, marriage building concepts from, from the Bible. And, and we just we served one another in, in amazing different ways. And we were the, the first in our Bible study to actually have children. And, and we had twins. And it was really one of the highlights of, of my life. It was just a very... Uh, exciting day, and and part of it was our entire Bible study showed up, and we we still have pictures today of 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 the celebration. As the you know, we we didn't find out you know if they were going to be boys or girls. You know, we could have had two girls, two boys, one boy, one girl, and we ended up having two girls. But 
you know, as I come out the door and in the waiting room is, is, you know, 30 people. I mean, it was a massive crowd of, of people and primarily our Bible study that showed up and were praying and celebrating. And, and it was just, just such a, a memorable time. And that kind of became the pattern for us when, when we had children, we would all show up. It was like a party. I mean, we'd literally take over the, the hospital. It, it was, it was pretty cool, but we quickly experienced the heartache of, of miscarriages. We quickly discovered the heartache of, of unborn babies and not making it. And you've never, you've never faced trauma or drama um, more than holding somebody in your arms who just lost their child. Um, There's, there's nothing worse. And, and then the questions, why? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to my baby? And then the question, where? Where are they? They're in heaven, right? They've got to be in heaven. They must be in heaven. Well, this would become one of the most difficult parts of my, my three-year ministry by far, and it still remains today a, a topic that, that keeps coming up, and especially in, in my world and in my life, and um, just very personally with not only me and my wife and my, um, you know, my my f- direct family members and we've just had some some uh, traumatic experiences my own you know two-year-old uh, sister died when i was four and a half and so i have i have that in in my heart and my memories and you know and, and so th- this this is not only just a, a pastoral theological conversation but more importantly th- this is a personal a personal conversation and and I wasn't ready to look into the to the eyes of heartbroken, you know, my my friends and explain to them exactly why this was happening. And and I definitely wasn't ready to explain, you know, what the spiritual destiny of of each child was. And so, so you know, I I had to start praying about. It. I had to start learning about this. You know, so so what is the destiny of babies who die? Do all babies who die go to heaven? Some of them, none of them. Well, like we do with everything, we, we want to know what Scripture says. We, we want to know what the Bible says about this issue. And again, but before we keep going further, I, I realize that this issue hits everyone and either directly or indirectly. And, and this is a very personal um, topic, and, and I want to be sensitive to this. I, I, I do, and, I, and please forgive me if, it, if I come off at all as being insensitive. Uh, as it may stir up some some painful memories, um, f- as it does for most of us, I also want to confess that um, that I'm I'm humbled by this topic. N- nowhere in Scripture does it specifically tell us um, what's going to happen to the souls of of the unborns. Um, there's there's a lot of information and. In, in, issues around it, but nothing very direct or specific. And so the amount of information that God has given us on this is limited. And and for his purpose, he's chosen not to reveal everything. And we must respect God's control and and God's position on this. And we must understand that God is, 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 is in control of this in your life and, and means good by it. Well, I wanted to look at this, issue kind of in, 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 in three, three ways. One, a, a kind of a theological look, and two, an, an 
in a, in a look, a theological look at sin. Two is our understanding of sovereign election, and, and three the the process of salvation. So how do we how, how do we look at these three issues? And one I begin with, you know, my biblical understanding of sin and and, and what what the scriptures teach us that that by nature man is sinful, and, and we'll look at the verses on this later. That by nature man is sinful, and the the, the nature. A result is that there is no such thing as a, as an innocent. There's no such thing as as pure people. There's no such thing as is holy people. There's no such thing as as people that don't have sin. And unborn babies are people, one hundred percent. Well, my second look into this is my understanding of what God's sovereignty is and. Issues like election and God chooses and he picks and he's in control of souls. And keep in mind that, that, you know, your view must coincide that the destiny of an unborn baby uh, really has nothing to do with the parents of the baby. Um, it's, it has to do with, with God's choice and his control. That's going to be a hard one for us to kind of get our arms around. And then finally, we need to to get our arms around how people are actually saved. I mean, how does salvation work? And shouldn't salvation work the same for an unborn or a infant or a teenager or somebody on an island or somebody before the cross or somebody after the cross? Salvation has has a plan, has a way. How, how does that work? And, and, and so this this. Process is the same for 80-year-olds and 8-year-olds. And so how, how we look at these three, I think, is going to give us comfort and give us understanding as we look at the, the, the theological look at sin and our understanding of sovereign election and, and then the process of salvation itself. And so what is the destiny of, of babies who die? Well, I realize, again, that this is personal emotional, but, um, but what does the Scripture say? And so as we, we become good Bereans and we want, we want to go to the Scriptures and we want to take a look at, at the passages, what, what, what does it say? And we begin with, with Adam. Romans 5.12 states that through one man, sin entered the world. Through Adam's blood, through Adam's sin, it was imputed to all mankind. So... Because of what Adam did, and we can't change what Adam did because what Adam did was in the beginning and in the garden. Because of what he did, sin was imputed to all mankind. So we're all sinners. Well, Psalm 51.5 states that at conception, we were born into that sin. Because remember, we believe that at conception, that's when life begins. So that is a person. That is a life. That is... That is the, the birth place, really, of, of a child's soul. And, and we, at that point, were born into sin. Keep in mind, one of our, our arguments against abortion is, is, is that this is a real life. Well, if it's a real life, then, then, then we have to attach certain things to that real life, which, which does include the sin nature. No, we, we don't like the sound of that, but it's, an, it's a baby, not only is it a baby, it's an unborn baby. There, there can't be any willful acts of disobedience. Well, but that starts because of, of Adam's imputed sin, remember? So it has nothing to do with the child itself. We also see in Jeremiah 17, 9, that, that explains that our heart is, 
is deceitful and, and desperately wicked. That's our, that's again, part of our sin natures that are coming from our heart is deceit, is desperate wickedness. We see this again carried into Romans um, chapter 3, that there's, there's none that are good, none that are good. Everybody's included that in that. All people, all mankind included are in the none, so there's none that are good, none that are righteous. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so when we come back, we'll, we'll take a look at, at, at more passages as we look at this, this uh, very personal topic of the destiny of, of babies who die. Since their small beginnings in 1963, the ministry of Rainier Christian Schools has been dedicated to educating and developing each of their students for the glory of God. And it's more than just a school. Rainier Christian Schools is actually an entire school district, with three schools serving the areas of Kent, Auburn, Covington, Renton, and Maple Valley. The Christ-centered environment weaves God's truth through everything they do, from top-notch academics all the way through their competitive sports programs. Learn more at RainierCSD.org or call 425-255-7273. That's 425-255-7273. Contact Rainier Christian Schools today. Welcome back. You're listening to Think Again Christian, sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools. And now your host, Tony Jamie. Welcome back to Think Again Christians. Today we're talking about the destiny of, of babies who die, unborn babies. And this is a... A personal topic. It's 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 a difficult topic as we we all desperately want to know the answer to this question. It's a question that comes up all the time whenever you have a pastor doing a Q and A or you know at, at our school the kids want to know about this all the time and and for good reason. It's because we all intersect with this at some time of our life and it and it, it just it brings about a, a lot of questions not only theologically but personally as is the personal and the theological collide. And so we want to have an understanding of, of, of what the scriptures say about this. And as I mentioned before, we, we begin with just understanding our, what sin is. The wages of sin is death. And so that's why somebody would, would go to hell. And so the argument, therefore, is, well, how can an unborn baby who, who hasn't willfully sinned earn the wage of death that would send him to hell. Well, what does scripture say? And scripture says that it begins with Adam and Romans five twelve and the imputation of sin that comes from him. And then Psalm 51, where at conception, we were born into sin. And then Jeremiah seventeen nineteen that explains that our heart is des- desperately sick and, and wicked. And then Romans three ten that says all, you know, none are righteous. No, not one. And Romans three twenty three that, all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And so we understand that, that the doctrine of sin clearly states that all, all are sinful. Well, that creates a problem. Well, the second piece of this puzzle that we want to look at is, is God's sovereign election. And, and, and what this demands is that we, we rely and trust in God. Now, and I, and I want us to stop for a second, just take a deep breath and just, in this whole conversation, at the end of the day, you are trusting in God. You're not trusting in a pastor. You're not trusting in your love and devotion for this, this child. 
you're trusting in God, no matter what your position is. At the end, it's it's a trusting in God. And so, how does that look? How does, how does that look from a from a sovereign election standpoint? Well, Romans eight twenty nine says that God foreknows, He predestines, He calls, He justifies, He glorifies us. Um, well, do we like this? Romans nine fifteen goes on to state that 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 God has mercy on whom he has mercy and compassion on whom he has compassion and whomever he chooses. And who are you, O man, who answers back to God? This is, this is in God's hands. This is in God's control. Mm, boy, when it comes to this, all of a sudden we, we, we get a little tense, don't we? We're not quite so sure that we like the answer to that. But let, let me encourage you. That's your answer too. That's the answer to to your eternal salvation is it's in God's hands. It's in his control. You don't earn your salvation at all. So so just think about it from that standpoint. Finally, we we have to remind ourselves, how are we saved then? How are we saved? We're saved by grace, right? We are saved by grace through faith, which is a gift from God. So one may even argue, well, but an unborn doesn't have faith. This is a gift from God. This comes from God. So it never is driven or comes from a person anyway. So, so God is the one who delivers this grace. Everybody is saved. Everybody is saved by Jesus, by his sacrifice on the cross, not by anything that you do. There's not one act or work that you do that earns your way into salvation. So there's nothing that an unborn child has to do to earn their way to to salvation, even if they are born into sin. Do do you understand that? If the the Bible's saying they're born into sin, the Bible's also saying there's nothing that they have to do to work their way out of that sin, that that grace comes from God himself. So it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are or whether it's 2,000 years ago or today. It's, It's the same pattern of of what salvation is and salvation is driven, driven by God. Heaven came down and glory filled our soul. God himself and his loving compassion for his people took on the burden of, of sin upon himself, knowing that this was going to be the way to provide the propitiation to save the entire whole world. That's what was at stake. And we see other elements of the completion of that, right? That are an entirely other theological argument conversation. But we, we know, we know that God has this crazy love for his people so much so that he himself would come down so much that he, Philippians 2, would empty himself, humble himself, even to death on the cross. An amazing act of love. Well, one of the reasons why I've been thinking about this issue is that the, the students at, at Rainier Christian School, we, we've been discussing it for a few weeks now, and, and everybody likes the idea that, that all the babies go to heaven. Nobody has a problem with that, but nobody likes the idea that all the babies might be going to hell. Now, let me be very, very clear. This is just a conversation, right? Uh, I don't see anywhere in the scriptures that says anything along those lines, and so that would really never be one of my arguments that, um, but it's just in conversation, those kinds of things come up and, 
and yet we we have to talk about them. And then we're very, very uncomfortable, maybe even more so with the idea that some babies go to heaven and some babies go to hell, go to hell. And and I remember when one of the young ladies asked this question in, in class, and as she asked this class, I mean, literally two of the most angelic faces in our, in our school are staring at me. And, and, and one of the gals, you know, raises the questions. And as I'm looking at them and, and, and she's saying, well, God doesn't really pick or decide or, or, you know, between the two. And I'm looking at them and thinking to myself, does he do it with you too? I mean, nobody would send either one of these girls to hell, right? And then you think, well, anybody, any people, any, but here's the problem. Somebody's going to hell. Not everybody goes to heaven. That is, that is a, a, a theological heresy to believe in that. Also, again, what's our understanding of what sin is? What's our understanding of, of, of God's peace in this? And what's our understanding of how salvation actually works? Our, our students also ask, well, what about, what about David's statement in, in 2 Samuel 12, 23, when, when he states that, you know, well, when he, when he dies and he will, he will be reunited with, with, you know, his child. See, from, from a theological standpoint, that's more proverbial, right? That, that's not a promise. That's not a promise that was made to all mankind and every single person. This is David um, making a statement personally of his belief of what, where he thinks He's going to be with his child. Now, it could have been just David because David was, you know, a man after God's own heart. Maybe that is a picture for all of us to, to see and understand that, you know, all babies are going to be in heaven. But, but this, isn't, this isn't a clear concept. Uh, it's not a clear answer from the Bible that we would, you know, really be looking at. So it, it still, you know, begs some of those other questions like, you know, what, what, is there an age of accountability? Is there a certain age where... Well, everybody goes to heaven before you're 12 years old kind of a thing. Or what about the, the natives on island jungles? Again, I, I, I have to go back to some of those passages that, you know, Deuteronomy 29, 29, that talks about the secret things of the Lord belong to the Lord. The whole conversation of salvation is somewhat difficult. Wouldn't you agree? Because we can look at theological concepts like, election. We can look at theological concepts like, um, you know, once saved, always saved, right? Um, and yet then we look at somebody who maybe was raised in the church and maybe went through catechism and maybe memorized 400 verses at, at Awana youth group. And then now we see them living quite a different life and rebelling against God. And it leads us to believe, well, how do we, how do we answer that question? Do we go by where's the fruit? Do we go by election? Do we go by God's grace? Do we go by God's sovereignty? Do we go by the book of life? You're either in the book of life, you're not in the book of life. Um, th- these aren't easy things. They're not. I don't pretend that, that they are. Are we also to assume, okay, hold your hats here now. We also to assume that all unborn children that that don't live, Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, all the foreign nations around the world that would never, ever preach the gospel to their children, that all those babies go to heaven. Maybe that's part of God's uh, grand master plan of keeping them to himself and bringing them into heaven by just not letting them be born. 
Should we rejoice at the abortions? If all babies go to heaven, then why do we have a problem with that? We should be excited. We should be praising God for that. Boy, that sounds odd. So there's some quite great questions. And, and I believe that as we process kind of the, the what about sin, what about election, what about salvation, that hopefully it simplifies us this topic. And at the end of the day, that we know that the Bible teaches that while all are sinful, it's God who saves. It's God who saves. And it's upon God's election. It's upon God's choosing. It's upon God's grace. It's upon God's payment for sin. All that God has done to provide atonement for sin and accomplishing through his blood that we obtain salvation. So the real question becomes, do you trust God with that child? Are our children safe in the Redeemer's hands? God is a Redeemer. God is a Restorer. God is an Atoner. God is the Creator of that child. Does God love my unborn child, my baby, my youth, his unborn, his baby, his youth more than I do? I think he does. And at the end of the day, The Bible is an endless account of God's love for his people. Do we trust this God? Do we trust this creator of the universe who emptied himself to die for us? To be the one who who holds the destiny of our babies in his hands? Either by his choice or by his actions? God is loving. God is gracious. God is merciful. God is in control. Can, can, can you trust in that God? Because at the end of the day, that's where I'm putting my faith. I put my faith in my God who is the loving Redeemer. And so the destiny of my unborn baby is in that God's hand. And I put my hope and my confidence in the Redeemer's hand for our unborn babies. And God can choose to save Every single one of them, totally in his ability. But I also have to yield to his sovereign power and control. After all, we do all play by the same rules of a grace-driven gospel. So before you get discouraged or concerned about the destiny of babies or youth, think again, Christian. You've been listening to Think Again, Christian. Sponsored by Rainier Christian Schools and Tony Jamie. Rainier Christian Schools serves preschool through high school with three locations in the Renton, Maple Valley, Covington, Kent, and Auburn areas. For more information about Rainier Christian Schools, www.rainiercsd.org or call 425-255-7273.